Hello, welcome to the We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug, I'm the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're a congregation based out of Shelton, Washington, and we're part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Thanks for tuning in. This is my 30th podcast. So one day, Charlie Brown and Lucy are wondering about the existential purpose of life. Charlie Brown suggests that we're here to make others happy. And Lucy thinks for a moment and then asks, well, then what are the others here for? What are we here for? Well, what if I told you that God has made you for a great and wonderful purpose? The Bible tells us that we're put here on earth to enjoy and manage and share the riches of God with others. That is, we're called to be stewards of God. What does that mean? That's what today's podcast is all about. So please open your Bible to Matthew chapter 15, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And we're going to look at one of Jesus' teachings about stewardship. I hope that today's message will inspire you, encourage you, and maybe even open you up to a whole new way of doing life here on planet Earth. Well, there's going to be a transcript of this podcast and also worship and study resources and links for supporting this ministry. Uh, They're all available at our website, www.faithshelton.org. But before we begin with the reading from Matthew chapter 25, let's pray. And this is a prayer I take from from an old hymn. Take my life that I may be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at the 14th verse. For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. And then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You've been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And so also the one with the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You've been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you did not scatter seed. I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have 
what is yours. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I do not sow, gather where I do not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So we'll take the talent from you and give it to the one with ten talents. For all those who have, for to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends the reading. So this is one of Jesus' last parables, last teachings before his arrest and, and crucifixion. And it starts this way. It is, is, it is as if a man going on a journey summons his slaves. Jesus is telling a story about a man who's about to go away very soon. And he's handing over responsibility to, for his household to his servants in his absence. And he's pledging that one day he will return to reclaim that which is his. It seems to me that Jesus is talking about himself here. He's about to suffer under Pontius Pilate, be crucified, killed, and buried. He's going to descend to the dead, rise again on the third day, ascend into heaven, sit at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. It's the whole Apostles' Creed thing. So he summons three of his servants, and he hands over to them his resources, the wealth of his household. Each one is given what the master thinks they can handle. One servant's put in charge of five talents, another's entrusted with two talents, the third entrusted with one. What exactly is a talent? It's not like a skill or ability like we talk about a talent today. It's actually money, it's currency. Back then, a talent of money, basically a bag of gold or a bar of silver, it was worth about 15 or 20 years wages. So in today's currency, we might translate a talent as a million dollars. So we have three servants entrusted with one with $5 million, one with $2 million, one with $1 million. And the master sets out on his journey. Well, the first two servants do as they're told. They invest their talents. And by the time the master returns, they've been doubled their investment. Um, and uh, they give it back to the master and the master commends them. Well done, good and faithful servants. Since you were faithful in this task, I'm giving you a promotion. The fun is just starting. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, investing together in the future. It's a very sort of peaceful and happy sort of a story, which is why the third servant and his behavior is so striking. The third servant receives his million dollars and for some reason decides to dig a hole and bury the million dollars in the dirt. And the master's return is an occasion for him to be bitter, to be angry. I hear his response and I hear him saying something like this. Master, he says, I always knew that you're kind, the kind of person that makes other people do your work while you take the credit. And sure enough, you went off to do God knows what and you stuck me with protecting your assets. All these years I've been terrified that someone might steal them and then you would have me take the blame. 
Well, nice of you to finally show up again, Master. Here's your stupid money, and thanks for nothing. Can you imagine, by the way, an employee saying that to a, a, a boss? Well, the master's quiet for a moment, considers the accusations leveled by his servant, and then finally he speaks. I think he speaks in a fairly measured tone. He says something like this. First of all, you got it all wrong. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know me at all. Second, the master says, I don't think you were afraid of me. You were afraid of failure. If you were afraid of me, you would have done what I asked you to do, or at least put it in the bank to get interest. No, you were afraid of failure. And third, the master says, since at this point I cannot think of a blamed thing that I could say or do to change your perception of me or this situation, I'll take that treasure off your hands now and give it to somebody who'll put it to good use. Meanwhile, Here's the door, and don't let it hit you on the way out. The end. So let's consider first what this story teaches us about Jesus, and then what this story teaches us about stewardship. What do we learn about Jesus? What do we learn? What does Jesus teach us about God? We should start, I think, with realizing that this story is about what God has accomplished for us in Christ Jesus. That journey that he takes, that is the, the, the event of the cross. That's his death, his resurrection, and his ascension that accomplishes for us our salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Second, Jesus is expressing profound trust in his followers in this story, right? Jesus believes in you and me. He believes that we're up to the task of stewarding the whole earth, the gifts of the Spirit, our time, our talents, and our treasures according to his purposes and according to our abilities. Jesus trusts you. Third, Jesus is willing to take risks. Obviously, it didn't work out with the third servant, but that doesn't stop him from taking the chance on him. Fourth, we learn, from, like the master of the story, that Jesus is also generous and joyful, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, all that, you know, Messiah stuff. And fifth, Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. There will be an accounting of our lives, our stewardship. We are saved by grace through faith apart from works of the law, and what we do, how we view God, how we treat others, it matters. So if that's what we learn about Jesus, what do we learn about being stewards? What is stewardship? It's the fact that you, me, Charlie Brown, Lucy, and even Peppermint Patty, as stewards, were entrusted with the resources of the kingdom of God, each one of us according to our ability. So that means that whatever we do today, how we spend our time, where we invest our energy and our resources, these are all stewardship questions how we raise our kids, the ways we participate in community life, whether we recycle or vote, these are stewardship questions. Stewardship has been at the heart of, of the Bible story from the beginning. Eve and Adam were first, the first ones called to be stewards, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and take care of it. Jesus calls his disciples, his last instructions, the Great Commission, is to be stewards of the gospel, 
Go, make disciples of all nations. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age, he says. Stewardship is based on the fact that God trusts us. God is generous. God created us for a purpose. And when we steward God's gifts with generosity and with trust, with joy and confidence, we participate in what God is doing and we become more like God. We become more Christ-like. This is why stewardship is fundamentally a blessing, not a burden. God's gifts are meant to be spread out and shared, not hidden and protected. God's gifts are potent, powerful, effective, vigorous, resilient. Do you see how the third servant got three things wrong? First, he has a false perception of God. Second, he has a false perception of others. And third, I think he has a false perception of the, of the strength and resiliency and the power of the gifts. Let me tell you a story about two of my friends who are two of the most <laughs> good and trustworthy servants that I know. I want to tell you about Tanya and Nelson Amador. As a young man, Nelson was forced to leave his home country of Nicaragua. It was back in the 1980s. He settled in Maple Valley where he met and married Tanya. Years later, through their church, they began Corner of Love Ministries to, be, to bring much-needed medicine and medical care and volunteers from the United States back to Nelson's hometown, and they set up a whole clinic and a, and a dormitory. And for years upon years, Corner of Love enlisted countless churches and volunteers and doctors and nurses and dentists to provide help to thousands of Nicaraguans. And then a few years ago, a, uh, a government crackdown um, in Nicaragua forced Nelson and Tanya to abandon their clinic. And Nelson was once again <laughs> uh, forced to leave his home country. Undaunted with, with the resources that they had left, Tanya and Nelson found themselves at the Costa Rican border of Nicaragua and they, and they saw the needs of, of Nicaraguan refugees. And so with that last reserve of money, they, began, they just began handing out meals, water, arranging places to stay for people. And pretty soon God was providing them with this new ministry now to these refugees and God was providing them new resources that they stewarded as they watched God's word and God's spirit and God's gifts bring hope and help to a whole new population. And they were inviting others to join them in that process. And the people of faith, we had a mission team all set to go last April. And COVID-19 hit. And once again, their missionary efforts were hindered. I tell you, if it were me, I don't know, I probably would have given up. And I know that they are discouraged sometimes and it has to be so hard for them. But fundamentally, Nelson and Tanya have heard the call to be stewards, to be servants of God and to share God's gifts with God's most vulnerable Central American refugees. You know, we just had lunch with them and I'm just blown away 
by their confidence, their hope, their trust in God's power to raise the dead and feed the hungry and find homes for the refugee. They are an inspiration for me, an example of the life of stewardship to which we're all called. And Faith Lutheran, you are an inspiration for me as well. You are an example of the life of stewardship to which we are called. I continue to be amazed and, and blessed and, and grateful for, your, uh, for the generosity with which you share your time and your talents, caring for one another, serving your families and communities. It's really hard to do these days. If you haven't noticed, there's a pandemic going on. Now we're getting into November, December, and many of us are having to rethink our holiday plans. It's hard. We miss our family. We miss our friends. And yet you continue to stick it out. <laughs> you continue to hang in there. Well done, good and faithful servants. And thank you also for your generous financial support to the church, to its staff, its ministries, especially during a pandemic. Because of you, <laughs> we're paying the bills. We're paying the staff. We're maintaining the building. We're supporting the larger church. We're contributing to the needs of the community and the world. Well done, good and faithful servants. And did you know that our indebtedness is now down to 165000 That's half of where it was two years ago. This is the last money owed on fellowship remodels and, and updates from 10 years ago. I still dream that we can be debt done in 21. We're so close. I don't know what the future holds for Corner of Love, for Nelson and, Nelson and Tanya, or for Faith Lutheran for that matter. All we can do is what's in front of us, to faithfully and confidently put it all out there and trust God's word to accomplish what it's meant to do. As God's stewards, it's not about us. It's about God. And it's about what God is doing in the world. One day, Jesus will come again. Maybe it'll be in my lifetime, or maybe it's when I die, or on judgment day, or however it works. But I expect that one day I will be face to face with Jesus, and I will have to give an account for my life. Was I a faithful steward of the life and the resources entrusted to me? Did I honor God with my life? Did I do enough to serve and bless my neighbor? I know I am saved by grace through faith apart from works of the law. But I also desire with all my heart that my life and my time on earth is pleasing to my master. When he returns, <laughs> my deepest longing is to hear him say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, as with every sermon and podcast I do, I want to leave you with four questions to ponder and to ask, act on this week. I want to invite you to discuss them with your family or with a church friend or maybe journal about it. Same four questions more or less circle through in my brain all the time. The first is, what does this passage tell you about God's attitude toward you? How does this passage inform or shape our congregation, our community, or our world? What does this story teach us about becoming closer to and more like Jesus 
And the fourth question, how is the Spirit inviting us to bless others? Well, I hope in today's message that you've heard the generous, joyful invitation of God to be a steward of God's gifts, God's word, God's creation. This is what you were made for. God believes in you. Remember also that your neighbor is a beloved, precious child of God, regardless of what they've done, where they've been, or who they voted for. The president, the president-elect, are also precious children of God. <laughs> Stewardship means trusting God, trusting ourselves, and trusting our neighbors, even ones we disagree with. Let's not dig ourselves or others into a hole. Amen. I hope as well that you remember that serving others is not only good for them, it's good for you because it brings you closer to and more like Jesus. So be open this week to receiving God's gifts from others. Let me answer Lucy's questions. The, the others are here for the same reason as you are, to be stewards of the gift of God. I pray that you'd be open to and have the opportunity to receive the gifts of God from others. And finally, I hope you're open to some new ways that you can steward God's gifts and bless the world. Maybe you could consider a, a gift to support Corner of Love Ministries or Community Lifeline or Operation Christmas Tree or the Angel Tree or Operation Christmas Child or the Angel Tree. Maybe you can volunteer, serve on a board, give a donation, help get the word out. And these are just projects that are already supported by faith. Please don't limit yourself. Look around you and see. Are there some schools and teachers that, that need some help with Christmas or heating bills or homework? Folks, whatever you do, I hope you'll just put it all out there to the glory of God and in service to our neighbor. What have we got to lose? Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in your master's joy. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. For more information about faith, go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. Thank you, Chaz, for your production work. Uh, if this message has touched your heart, if you'd like to know more about uh, the ministries of faith or what it means to be a steward, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. You can email me at welcomehome at faithshelton.org. Feel free to listen to or subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts or any other way you listen to podcasts. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know the drill. Do share this message with a friend. Consider making a financial gift to Faith Shelton using the links provided. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.